What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Radiovania, episode number 91, your nerdy public radio for all things entertainment and pop culture. My name is Zach Ritello, at Zach Ritello on Twitter, and sitting across from me once again in uh, The Matrix is John Swansong Parker. I know Kung Fu. What's up, Zach? Not much, man. What's up with you? Uh, just a typical dreary Monday up here in bright, sunny clear, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, after a weekend of uh, disappointing football. Can I, uh, before we move on to disappointing football, I do want to uh-huh. tell you, I'm going to take a photo of your camera here because mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know if there's ever a more John Parker aesthetic than <laughs> yeah, you Tampa like my, Bay Rays hat and flannel being hung on the door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my flannel that's drying because it didn't fully dry in the dryer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kirkland? This is me. Mm-hmm. I got to go get me one of them Kirkland flannels. They seem, uh, they seem nice. Yeah, they do, um... They sell them in like two packs with like a waffle shirt now. So if you're looking to get like some thermal stuff to wear under them, it's a pretty good deal for like 20 bucks. Do you wear the waffle shirt? Oh. Uh-huh. I'm not a big waffle shirt guy. Really? Really. I prefer like a, if I'm gonna get a crew neck, I feel like I would just get a fleece, like a heavier kind of fleece, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, you wear this typically under stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, like I wear it under my flannel or like under a coat. I guess I don't really eat. Or if it's I'm cold gonna Google search waffle under. Shirt. Yeah, like this, like a like a thermal type. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's not super thick. It's thinner, like a t-shirt. Right. All right. I can jive with that. So thank you for Welcome joining us Costco on this week. Costco cast. Costco cast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Price of gas the other day two ninety five. Uh, it was two eighty down what in else? Cincinnati. Oh, not bad. Acai bowls are back in the uh, food court. Um, samples, some of them. Toilet paper is still hard to get, though. Was there was there nothing more exciting as a kid than I don't know about you, but my mom used to take me to Costco, like, and I would just be like, "Oh my god, second lunch!" Because usually we go like after as a little after fat church. Kid. Yeah, we yeah. go after we get, so we'd come home from church, we'd have our spaghetti and our pasta fazool, and then we'd Every fucking Sunday. go to Costco. That yeah. Great. That's what my mom did when we were kids every Sunday. Cooking pasta. Um, See, when I was a kid, I actually didn't, I liked the, the samples, obviously, but I didn't really like going to Costco because they didn't have any cool toys to look at. <laughs> yeah, the toys, yeah. Know, like They've gotten Target. better at that. Like, I see Pokemon cards there and shit. Yeah. I mean, they are they are getting a little bit better about it. They sell, like, Legos, video games, and stuff like that, but... Five-year-old me was like, "Where's the Star Wars section?" As opposed to just like, "Hey, Lego Star Wars." Wars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Costco, check it out. Sponsored by Kirkland. You know, Kirkland. I if you want to throw a sponsor our way, that'd be that'd be cool. <laughs> Doesn't even need to be monetary sponsorship. I'll, I'll do it for the dollar pizza or whatever pizza by the slice in the food court. Two ninety-nine. Oh, is it two ninety-nine or one ninety-nine? And then a hot dogs one fifty with the soda. Best deal in town. Best deal. Well, we got a big jam-packed show to get to. Get to. Uh, the last episode we did was our Spider-Man No Way Home official trailer reactions. Uh, that 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 episode did really, really well, so people are yeah, excited people about are, Spider-Man. Yeah, people are just eating that content up right now. We should um, just put Spider-Man in the title of this one, too, and talk about it. For like <laughs> episode minutes. 91, Spider-Man, nothing to do with Spider-Man. 
no way to podcast. I mean, we are talking about Spider-Man later Yeah, on. that's true. Actually, we will be talking about some Spidey. Yeah, I also watched, um, I also watched Far From Home last night. Uh, Eddie good and Julia had not seen it. It's so funny, man. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Maybe, it's maybe that's what we should do. It. It's weird watching it after the, uh, Taylor Swift video, though. With Jake Gyllenhaal, because he's under some hot fire right now. I, I could uh, care care less about this. Drama. I know it's just it's just funny, like just the fact that he's like kind of in the in the popular eye right now. Yeah, we'll see. I I I I still stick by that. I think that Homeboy shows up in No Way Home toward the end. Could even be like the credits tease. Maybe. I agree, but I thought you said he was for sure dead when we did. No, no, no. Home. I said he's alive. I thought you were the one no, that said you, that he's no. Sure you dead. said he was a hundred percent dead. No, uh, well, if I said yeah, that, did. I didn't mean. It. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean. I retract it. that statement. I believe that uh, Mysterio is still alive for sure. Yeah, I think so too. They wouldn't have said that whole thing at the end of No Way. By the way, major Far From Home spoilers here. Uh, they wouldn't have said that thing at the end it's two years ago. With like, if you didn't watch it during the pandemic. What are you doing? Yeah, Karen or whatever is like. I detect no signs of life in Mysterio or whatever. Like you don't say that unless you're seeding something. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is the, the Edith program. He's like, is this real? And she's like, all illusions are yeah, right. deactivated Peter. And it's like, okay, that's such a weird thing. For that's a weird Peter thing to say. say. Yeah, yeah. Why would you say it like that? Um, yeah. Alive. Big show to get to. We'll talk some Spidey here in a little bit. We're going to talk about Hawkeye episodes one, two, and three. We're going to talk about the video games, game of the year watch, what's going on in the video game world. Uh, we've got Daredevil news that's really exciting that I'm sure John is uh, jumping up and down about. Um, but first, before we dive into any of that, um, 119.86 to 68.08. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Squeal like a pig for me, daddy. <laughs> oink, oink. Oink, oink. Yeah. Uh, it was an interesting weekend in football. Um Bengals got not humiliated. The word that I would uh, would use to describe it, but yeah. Bengals got humiliated by the Chargers. That was like a that was a heartbreaking loss. We lots of really shitty, terrible passes. Uh, Joe Burrow, did you did you see that he dislocated his finger, like his pinky finger, during the game? And then they like showed a fo- like photos of his pinky, and it was like <laughs> swelled up sideways. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Chargers are two and zero against Ohio teams this year by like forty plus points. Pretty pretty bad showing from the state against uh, the other great state of California. Yeah. West coast got something against us. I guess so. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, the giant, uh, the, sorry, the Browns didn't lose this weekend. No, they didn't. Cause we had, they had a buy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Easiest win of the week or the year. Um, but I, I did want to say congratulations to the Detroit lions for winning a football game. That's pretty cool yeah. stuff. It's, uh, Dan Campbell. I, um, I don't know if he will keep his job or not, but. We'll see. Dan Campbell seems like the anti-Urban Meyer, where Urban Meyer is trying to get fired, and Dan Campbell is like trying desperately not to get fired. And I think that his likability might just keep his job. That's the thing: is it becomes like, is it the players or the the coach's fault? Is it both? I mean, Detroit's not necessarily a great organization as a whole, so could be a lot of factors. Yeah, they won that game without DeAndre Swift. They're leading like rusher. That's yep, pretty pretty substantial. And I didn't get Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah, you. Um, I read a. I was a post on fantasy football subreddit this morning, and they like combine. There's a guy that posts like the weekly. If you of the top twenty rostered players, if you played all these people, you would have had the lowest scoring week that week. 
And mm-hmm. uh, there was a couple names on that list that I had. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. you had. So I think fuck it was Brandon just... Cooks. If you're listening, get the fuck out of my life. I don't want anything <laughs> to do with you anymore. I'm all in on Leonard Fournette, baby. I, I might just keep. Yeah, him. he's good. He's good. You should keep him. I might just keep him. He's a good running back. He's a good running back, and I'm a little scared to keep a, a player on the Jacksonville Jaguars as long as Urban Meyer is coaching them. I don't think he'll be coaching there next year. I hope so. I hope not. I don't know. Whichever one means that I want him out. <laughs> yeah. So you hope so. I hope so. I hope yeah. that he's gone because yeah. James Robinson needs to feast a little bit more than he's been feasting lately. But yeah, that's football. Um, your weekly football talk and your pop college football, nerd. which I don't know. You don't really watch. Big, well, big of news. course, I've been watching. Uh, I've I've yeah. watched a lot of the, the Bearcats. Games. Yeah. Uh, University of Bearcats, Cincy Bearcats, uh, best football team in Ohio. <laughs> uh, we're 13 and 0 and we're heading to the playoffs against Alabama on December 31st. And it's going to be held in Texas. Right. We talked about this. Was it Dallas or Houston? Uh, it's usually in Dallas. I think. I think yeah, it's in Dallas. So AT&T Stadium. Um, no, for all those asking, we will not be having a booth there. The Radio Vandy will not have a booth at the college football playoffs. Unfortunately, you couldn't pay me to go to the Cincinnati Alabama game. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> I did not like hanging out with Alabama fans. No, yeah, I don't. I yeah, that stadium is going to be toxic. Absolutely, it's not toxic. even that they're they're not rude like Ohio State fans are. The Alabama fans are just too polite because they know they're that good. Like they're all very very kind. You know, and it's like, I hate you. <laughs> uh, but then the guy, you, get, you just hear them say roll tide over and over and over again. Yep. Yeah. Best part of going home. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, the weekly update on your on the pig bowl, blood bowl, whatever you want to call it. Our fantasy football team. Maybe next next year I'm going to convince at least one other person to do a weekly football podcast. I feel like we could we could become the next big thing. The next big yeah. thing in sports commentating. Like part of my take. Yeah. The, look out barstool like that. Each yeah. week is like uh, they send each, us a cease and desist. Yeah, right. Each week is literally just us yelling at each other for thirty minutes over the microphone about who's in the pickle. bad takes. Yeah, yeah. So um, before we move on from football, are you are you prepared to on air make the bet that you talked to me about? Now that you looked at the Vegas odds for college football. Yeah. So you need to uh, hold on. Let me pull. Uh, uh, so they did release the those odds are live for the UC Bama game. Yes. I need to pull that up real fast. Mm. <laughs> yeah, what do you want? I mean, I'll take a drink bet on any of these. I'll bet Cincinnati on any of these. I'll, well, I've, the initial drink bet, the one that you were offended, you probably don't remember this because Zach Drunk called me the other night and was complaining that I wasn't a good friend because I talked shit about UC. Um <laughs> But the, the initial bet was I said in our group chat with our friends that Cincinnati, if they got paired up with Alabama, would lose by 30. And no. you were offended by that. And I said, drunk bet. Okay, so then bet. I'll take – I will take that. I'll take okay. Cincinnati. If Cincinnati, if Cincinnati loses but it's not by 30, you're saying you're – you're, I'm you're good. good. I'll buy you a drink. Yep. Yeah, they're going to lose either way. It's just by how much. Exactly. That's my thing yeah. is that they're going to lose either way. It's by how much. I think that I think that their defense has a legitimate chance to keep them in check at least a little bit. And and I definitely think that there's going to be some like it's I, I honestly think that there's odds for this to be kind of like a shootout. Um, I don't know. 
This is I think there's going to be high points scored. You've never, I mean, the you've over never watched is, a game the against Alabama is 57 before. And a half. What? I said you've never had to watch an Alabama game before, have you? <laughs> no, never. I don't care. They seem like pussies. <laughs> 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 yeah, but the over-under is 57 and a half. And Let's all get I'm specific saying is with the bet. Let's the say it's an old-fashioned. It's a nice, delicious old-fashioned at a bar somewhere. Like a high, high-class old-fashioned. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'll take you to... Uh, with like sundry advice down there in downtown Cincinnati and get you sure. it'd be like a $14 old fashioned. That's all done up and like, yeah, yeah, sounds great. Okay, cool. I can't wait for to be in Cincinnati and to tell the bartender that you have to buy me a drink because you made a bad bet on UC <laughs> and then they just kick me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We might not be able might to, have to go to a neutral way. site. Yeah. A neutral site. So we'll go to Columbus. We go down to Birmingham and visit with my family, and then they'll give us all the all the alcohol we want for supporting the Tide. Roll Tide, roll Tide, roll. All right, John, what have you been doing lately? We get, give me the give me the scoop. You got some things here on the list. What have you been up to? Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about many times on the show that the the Switch OLED was on its way and or in my hands recently. So I've just been playing that. A couple of different games. You loaned me uh, Super Mario Odyssey, which I finished, which was a lot of fun. I didn't like 100% or anything, but I finished the story. Um, I'm currently almost done with Luigi's Mansion 3, which has been a blast to play. And then I just picked up um, Let's Go Pikachu last night. Oh, so and you I did end up buying it. Yeah, I played around on that for a couple of minutes. Um, it's pretty cute. It's fun. Yeah. It's, it's so I'm, I'm really enjoying the Switch. I think it's uh, in terms of just like an overall console review it's like it's really cool like i love just being able to take it and play it on the road or at work like a game boy on a break or to like set it up somewhere on the stand and then just like sit back and not feel like you have to hold it the whole time um and then just like being able to seamlessly pop it in on the tv i know this is like five years of old news but it's still fascinating to me because it's like brand new in my life um but yeah so i'm i'm a big fan right now and looking forward to playing some more games that I've missed out on and uh, new ones that are coming up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the switch has been around since what? 2016 was when it came out or something I like think that. So. Yeah. 2016. Um, but I mean, the experience that you're getting is relatively new because the OLED model is like, it's hot. It's hot. It's the hotness. Like I saw it in person. We, I dicked around on Mario golf for like a little bit, like it, beautiful screen. I feel like the control, like the the console itself, feels a little heftier, a little bit more like uh, I don't know. It feels like a pro device. It feels like the difference between like a MacBook Air and a MacBook Pro. Just, yeah, there's a little bit more heft to it, and that stand on the new Switch is like literally night and day. Like the Switch on my the stand on my Switch is is asshole. Like they're terrible. Is it like a peg? Or? It's a little peg, but it's yeah. like it's like less than a millimeter thin. Yeah, this so, thing's like an entire airplane wing yeah. that like and, articulates. And, and yeah. it's art, yeah, it's movable too. So you'd like if you wanted to lean it a little bit back, a little bit forward, like it's very, very sexy. Like it's a very sexy console. And and I'll probably end up buying one once I see the price drop a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Don't need one right away, but um yeah, Mario Odyssey though, man. What a special game. I'm so glad that you finally got it. Really cool. Really cool. Um I love the uh, the ending on the moon. It was very fun. Uh, being able to like jump with Mario, where you just like you just like Whoa! you just sailing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, all the worlds were really cool. Very innovative. I love the um, the concept of him essentially like possessing people with Cappy. Um, 
lots of cool different like creatures that you can kind of like use their special abilities. My favorite was on one of the worlds where you like can take control of those like extendable caterpillars to like snake your way around like pillars yeah. and stuff. So cool. Very, very fun game design overall. Yeah. So probably the best Mario game I've played besides maybe Super Mario World for the SNES. But yeah, I would put it on on in terms of 3D Mario's for me, it's the number one. Like I mean I'm a huge Sunshine fan, but um, that doesn't even come close to how I think creative this this game is. Better, yeah, way better than Galaxy. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, dude, I'll, I'll never forget. I was playing the game launch night or maybe the next night over, and I, I finally, I was like, it was like one o'clock in the morning, and I was like, all right, I'm going to set this game down after I finish this next cutscene, and I'm going to pick it up in the morning. And the end of that cutscene was the transition to the new Donk City. Mm-hmm. And I was like, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm staying up for a while because yeah. once you get across that power line and you're just dropped into this bustling New York City, I'm like, this is awesome. That's my favorite. It's so cool. And then the end of that with like the musical number with Pauline or whatever. It's so cool. Yeah. Such a good, such a great moment. Yeah. Yeah. And- I really, I really dug it. My favorite world overall was probably the um like the ice the ice world where you have to do the race with like those people that roll up in like <laughs> yeah. golem balls. Yeah. yeah. That was a blast. Like all the polar bear people and stuff. Yeah. So you've been, uh, you've been watching always sunny Has season 15 dropped. Yeah. Season 15 came out last week. They dropped two episodes to start. Um, it's been two years since they were able to work on it, obviously because of the pandemic. So uh, season 14 came out a while ago. So I've been anxiously waiting. It's one of my favorite shows. Uh, this season's off to a pretty good start. The first episode is titled The Gang Survives 2020. And it is uh, three separate little subplots, essentially a Forrest Gump style um, storytelling where the gang is inserted into the different parts of 2020 that are major, like the Capitol riots and the <laughs> oh voting God. election for the... Uh, <laughs> the Trump fighting election and the recounts as well as like Rudy Giuliani stuff. So it's just very political and funny. Um, and then the second episode of that, uh, that they dropped the other night was uh, lethal weapon seven. So they go back to the well a little bit, but in a, in a different way. Um, cool. This show, I, I am biased because I enjoyed so much, but I think they still continue to find a way to like breathe new life into it. Um, while also like not straying away from the, the formula. Cool. Yeah, highly recommend. They're coming out on Hulu the day after they premiere. So if you have a Hulu account, you can watch them um, on there. They have a new deal with that. You don't have to wait for the season to be over like you used to. Um, and then over Thanksgiving break, I watched Jungle Cruise on Disney Plus, starring uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Emily Blunt. <laughs> and uh, let me tell you, man, it's uh, it's okay. Yeah. It's an okay, movie. It's cute. Okay. Um, the Rock is obviously very charismatic, and As Emily Blunt. Is. Emily Blunt is just a star. So Disney essentially took their two biggest like live action household name people right now and put them in, in together into a movie. But um, are Emily Blunt and John Krasinski still together? Oh yeah, okay. they're still they're still married. I think they have like a couple kids now too. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> here's the thing: I, I was watching this movie. It's set in like the 1920s. So it's like a great like jungle exploration, very much the same as the ride. Dwayne Johnson is just delivering the jokes from the, the Jungle Cruise ride. So if you're a big Disney Parks fan, 
you know, there's a lot. I've of actually never ridden the Jungle Cruise. Uh, well, then it's just going to go way over your head, <laughs> or you're going to think they're really funny because it'll be the first time you heard them. Um, but have you ever seen Brendan Fraser's The Mummy? Oh yeah, this is the exact same movie. Really, the exact same movie. It's a brother and sister from London who come to this exotic part of the world and find a local explorer that has been to this lost kingdom that can guide them there who is also very snarky and then they start up a romantic relationship over the course of time and like it's the exact same thing like the exact same thing except for a major plot twist that you find out later on in the movie um which i won't spoil in case you do watch it i would recommend if you're looking like had a couple cocktails i want to watch something like kind of kind of throw away it's pretty good um it's like it's 20 minutes too long though in my opinion it's like almost two hours Ooh. which for like a disney movie like for a cartoon would be insane but even for like some of these live action ones like i don't know i think the only live action disney movies that deserve that runtime are like pirates and national treasure like things yeah, with well, more this, complicated plots this does not have a complicated plot to it this seems like it wants to be pirates i think it, i think they want it to be like a new a new franchise um is there like an end credits tease for the next movie or something i didn't watch the end of the credits. i was like all right i'm <laughs> going to bed <laughs> bye uh i read a report when that movie was coming out that Dwayne the rock johnson's hat is cgi in the movie can you confirm there's some parts of it that definitely look cgi yeah that's insane. Because because the hat, like the top of the hat, I'm using visuals with Zach, so no no one that's listening will be able to tell. But like the top of the hat does not look like it leaves enough room for how tall the rock's head actually is. Does that make sense? Because it's like a flat, like um, newsboy hat kind of thing. Right. Like the 20s. So like those are the things that I notice as well as like any action sequences. There's nothing, there's no way that thing stays on. Like, Hats on adventure stars never works in like Indiana Jones. It only works because Harrison Ford is crazy and took a stapler and stapled it to his head like a madman. But then <laughs> he's uh, like, they, they he's find like, real uh, quick ways yeah. to get that hat off of Indy so that he can just run around without a hat. It's, it's like usually always on there unless yeah. it's like some type of fun comedic thing where he's got to grab it under a door or something. <laughs> yeah do you know if uh this hasn't been a news story really but do you know if filming has resumed for Indy five i heard that it has not because someone got injured on set right didn't that harrison was, ford harrison ford <laughs> yeah <laughs> what do you do this you know, time do you try to character. fly a plane out of the hangar no he um i know he, like, it's just a prop but i can fly this plane he like dislocated his shoulder. So like they they filmed all the stuff that he's not in, which isn't much because it's right. an Indiana Jones movie. Um, and then they had to hold production until he can get better because he's crazy and still wants to do his own stunts. <laughs> oh, Harrison Ford, you crazy kooky, crazy man. I um so Raiders of the Lost Ark is 40 years old this year. So I've been revisiting Indiana Jones a little bit. Those first three movies, I think, are so good every time i get back to them i always like i'm kind of like i always kind of forget how much i really truly love those movies and then you get to the skull and you're like fuck (laughs) like how did you (laughs) how did you mess this up so bad like he's not even that old in crystal skull like 2008 not that bad it's just like uh no one cares that movie will go down in history as one of the most colossal 
fuck ups, I think, in Hollywood. Like, is it more disappointing than like Disney's era of Star Wars? I I like it less than all three of those of the Disney movies. Yeah. No, but like even including like Solo and like it's probably the last Jedi Indy, and stuff. Indy like four that. is probably better than Solo. You're fucking high, dude. This is my favorite running running bit. Is Zach <laughs> despising Solo a Star Wars story? It's so boring. Solo Solo is a wet fart, and then like mm-hmm. at least Indiana 4, Indiana Jones four has some like cool. There's some cool stuff in that movie. Like I, like I what? legitimately do think the opening of the movie is pretty cool, and like I like the in the new- desert with like the gophers. Well, not specifically the gophers, but like he gets him out of the car, he's shadow, he puts on the hat, everything with the um Kate Blanchett and then like the car chase inside the facility. And I do like I don't like him getting into the fridge and surviving the nuclear bomb, but I like the nuclear bomb idea, the concept of like that. Um did you know, know that the the fridge was the original idea for Back to the Future for how Marty McFly goes back in time? And Steven Spielberg just hung on to that idea until he could put it in a different movie. <laughs> Turns out it was the wrong one. Turns out it was the yeah misfire there, unfortunately. Anyway, yeah, that's a that's a discussion for another day. Is like battle. I think that's a great idea for a podcast. Is the battle of the worsts or something like that? Like mm. battle of like what's the worst movie in a franchise? How does it sure. stack up against the other movies that are worst? And this is like totally object, like not objective or whatever. But oh like, yeah. Yeah, it would have to be. It would have to be. I mean, there's like, there's definitely critical and monetary things you could bring into it, but it's going to be very opinion based because oh, yeah. <laughs> we're just going to get mad at each other. Um, <laughs> but anyway, back to tying it back in real quick. Like, if you're interested in like a new version of like an adventure movie, this one's not that bad. In a world where we don't have an indie coming out anytime soon, most likely, or at least a good Indiana Jones movie, and they stop making the mummy movies competently as well. Like this isn't actually like if you're looking for that like 1920s, 30s, and Uncharted is about like, to be a terrible trash fire. Right. Like this kind of scratches that itch in a pretty competent way. Okay. You um, and then I me. watched yeah, and then I watched the first couple episodes of Yellowstone, uh, starring Kevin Costner, which is like this drama that's been going on for a couple of years that is on Paramount which I do not have. So I've missed out on it, but my parents have been watching it and they showed me, um, they showed it to me when I was down there. It's a really good show. It's awesome. Just like, I don't know, the political crime drama set in Montana on a ranch starring Kevin Costner and, and a lot of other people and a lot of violence and interfamily drama that's done much better than Game of Thrones, in my opinion. So Sounds like people, do people say y'all a lot? No, it's Montana. It's not oh, it's like Montana. It's not Mississippi. <laughs> um, yeah, lots of lots of great outdoor like set pieces and stuff like that too, which is just really cool. And I love Kevin Costner. He's my guy. I keep waiting for Clark Kent to show up in the show, but I don't think it's gonna happen. But, yeah. Well, now that we've derailed, for I tried to think minutes, of a Man of Steel doing? quote. <laughs> I couldn't think of a Man of Steel quote. Yeah. Damn. You are my son. Let's say that one. There you go. What have I been doing, John? Yeah, what have you been doing? What have I been doing, John? Lots of stuff, honestly. Lots, lots and lots of stuff. But uh, you know, we're getting close to you know, we're in December. We got uh awards season coming up around the bend, end of the year. Lots of studios For all are the putting out that we've seen, yeah. Yeah. Studios are putting out their 
the powerful ones. You got, you know, Tick, Tick, Boom with Andrew Garfield. You've got the movie with uh, Bella from Twilight where she plays Jackie O. Or, wait, no. Princess Diana? Princess Diana. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You got House of Gucci. You got Jared Leto yep. running around in a bald cap and a beard. Lots of, uh, you know, award-heavy feature films. And so, you know, I decided West to Side class Story myself. This yes, you got West Side Story with Steven Spielberg. Um, so I decided to, you know, class myself up a little bit and really dip my toe into the award season. So uh, I saw Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Um, uh, uh, I did not pay for this it. movie. I did not pay down. for it. I I uh, I told you I, w- I would watch it for free. I'm not mm-hmm. giving this movie any money. So I'm not advocating for my, any of my lawyers out there. I'm not advocating piracy. Uh, mm-hmm. But I did not pay to see Venom, Let There Be Carnage, but I watched it. Interesting. Um, yo-ho, yo-ho. Uh, I think it might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah, Straight worse up. Than, worse than Solo? It's definitely worse than Solo. This movie, right. <laughs> there is no plot. There's no plot. Really? Like, it's shockingly bad. Like, and I, the first one at least has, the plot is... Eddie has to learn to work with the symbiote and then evil Elon Musk wants to turn into whatever and blow up a thing like fine or whatever. The plot of this movie is literally just, we need to kill carnage because. Cause he's carnage. Because yeah. he's carnage. And we, you okay. never learn what you never learn why he's carnage. Woody Harrelson is just hamming it up, dude. Like he, it is one of, <laughs> It seriously is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Like Tom Hardy's totally phoning it in. Michelle Williams looks like she could give a shit. She doesn't even know what movie she's in. The CG is terrible. It's somehow worse than the first one. There's only one kind of cool scene and it's when Carnage is escaping prison. But even that is like a minute and a half. The movie is like an hour and 20 minutes. I I looked at my watch and I was like, oh my God, this movie's like almost over. There's no climax. Like, I, literally like i'm about to spoil the fuck out of this movie for you because I, I don't give a fuck you don't watch it like seriously out there don't watch it like i mean it's not worth your time like and it was like barely even an hour and a half but the end of the movie uh venom just literally bites carnage's head off and that's how they that's how they kill him and their final fight lasts about four minutes like it is so lame it's just a lame, lame, lame movie. The only thing that I found enjoyable was uh, Woody Harrelson kind of like chewing the scenery. That's it. There's nothing else to redeemable in this movie. They can't wait to get to that Spider-Man thing at the credits. Like literally the movie wraps up and it's like, there's no conclusion. There's no anything. It literally the last shot of the movie is Eddie and Brock, Eddie and Eddie and Venom go on vacation and they're sitting on a beach talking to each other and it, it, it like this happens immediately like fight scene happens they kill carnage cut to the beach they're sitting on the beach and they're like they're like well we should be a crime fighting super team blah 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 blah. and then the credits roll and i was like are you fucking serious that was there's it's like a non-ending it's a non it's terrible it absolutely awful zero out of ten <laughs> worst movie i've seen in a long long so time. wait but carnage is definitely dead like he's like yeah, dead. yeah, he's dead, dead, dead. Like, um, so no Woody in the future. Like, in case they make a 
No, they wrote him the fuck out of that thing, man. So we don't, like, we don't, we're not going to get carnage with Tom Holland at all. No, no, and I guarantee, I bet you that was in his claws. So, so yeah, he's like, I'm only doing one of these. <laughs> he's like, you got me for one hour and thirty minutes. <laughs> he's like, I'm on set for a day. <laughs> I'm coming in on a Tuesday, and you're going to shoot all my stuff. Seriously, like, and the movie takes place in two locations: Eddie Brock's apartment and the church. There, that's it. There was two sets in this fucking movie, and then uh, there's like B-roll of, the, of San Francisco, like straight up. I think they shot most of this movie on two sets. It is the cheapest piece of shit, and like, and I want to look up how much money it made because, like, probably a lot for the pandemic, at least. It crossed the 400 million worldwide mark. Fuck oh you, God. fuck oh you, God. audiences. Is that more than than Black Widow? No, I think Black Widow did. I don't know. Black Widow Hold got on, to the fives. I didn't think Black okay, Widow. Okay, so did Venom that Let well. There Be Carnage, domestic box office of 210 million, an international box office of 272 million for a worldwide box office of $483 million on a production budget of a hundred thousand uh, dollars. Not a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> it's like six figures. <laughs> Uh, hold on, black. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. It's like sock puppets. <laughs> uh, black Widow. Yeah, dude, it made more money than Black Widow. Black Widow. That's made what I thought. That's three hundred and seventy-six million. That's yeah. depressing. Fuck that. It might have. It, it also might have beaten the Eternals. If I remember, like this, these movies make so much money because there's people that love that character. They love it. It beat the Eternals too. So then, therefore, it probably it probably is close with Shang Chi, but I don't. I hope it didn't beat Shang Chi. I don't know. Look it up, Zach. Let's keep you playing this game. <laughs> Hold on. No, Shang Chi beat Venom. Thank Christ. All right, good. Maybe it didn't. Hold on. Oh, <laughs> I don't <no>. know. <laughs> <laughs> we must find no. this information out. Uh, Worldwide box office of 418 million. So no, Venom beat it. Okay. All right. We're gonna keep going. Did it beat Bond? Definitely. Hold on. Uh I think no it definitely time. beat No Time to Die too. I'm getting really sad now. <laughs> People were giving each other the Delta variant going to see Carnage. That is ridiculous. No, Bond won. Let's go. Worldwide box office of 763 million dollars. So it nearly like doubled it. Venom's Dang, dude Bond, Bond's probably going to be the highest grossing movie of the year then that's insane not some animated I don't think so because most of those are just coming out direct to video highest grossing 2021 movies um yeah, now I'm curious well now I'm getting different numbers so I typically for film financial numbers i use the numbers.com which is a very very excellent website but now i'm on box office mojo that used to be good and then they fucked it up um and i'm on here for oh it's this is domestic box office okay so i have domestic box office for 2021 shang chi beat venom but they're the top two so domestically shang chi outgrossed venom by 24 million dollars roughly but overseas Um, it made a, a lot of money back you know, Eternals probably lost a lot of money too because lots of um, there are some countries that didn't like the gay relationship, so they didn't show it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yep. Yeah, there you go. There's Venom. 
Awesome. Don't watch it. It's but yeah, it's really disappointing that those movies make money with just such like no one cared. No one cared about this movie. There's nothing rede- I didn't laugh once. There's a scene, there's a scene, would you believe me? Would you fucking believe me if I told you that there's a scene where Venom separates from Eddie because he wants to live his life independently. And so to do that, he goes to a rave and dances on stage with glow sticks around his neck. The the Venom? The Venom. (laughs) Um, Independent from Eddie Brock goes out for a night on the town to show that he's independent. And he takes the mic. There's a moment where he, he makes a speech on stage about Eddie and then wearing glow sticks. And then he drops the mic. Venom drops, does a mic drop on a stage with like techno disco music playing. Let me ask you this. I just wanted to kill myself. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you think that Andy Circus was actually on set as the director? Do I don't you think, think you so. Just, I would be. Or do you think he just had the, the AD shooting and he's just like tied to it? I wouldn't be surprised if they just or attached like the cloud his name of as the like, movie. Yeah. Maybe he did like, maybe he had final cut. Because that guy's like, a, like a pretty genuine artist. Like I haven't watched all of it, but like I've watched some of his Jungle Book movie and like Andy Circus is a name. Like you associate that name with at least a modicum of quality. Like it's extremely disappointing that this is his highest grossing movie as a director, and it it sounds like it's terrible. Seriously, everyone on this like I wouldn't put this film on my resume. If I was, if I if I worked on this movie, I would not put this movie on my resume because it is embarrassing. It is. It's really bad, like astonishingly bad. I was shocked. Well, have you been doing anything fun? Yes, I saw Ghostbusters. Okay. Bum, 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 you and I talked about this a little bit. I still haven't seen it yet, but you enjoyed it, right? We did, Yeah, we didn't talk about it on a show, right? No, we didn't, but you and I talked about it on the phone. So, yeah, spoiler, I, spoiler free. Uh, yeah, spoiler free. Synops- synopsis review for uh, you. Yeah, Ghostbusters Afterlife is really good. It's a really genuinely entertaining movie. Um, I had a great time. Like, I mean, I went in with pretty tempered expectations. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but the, the, the critic, so on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 63% critic score based on 254 reviews, but the audience score is 95% with over 5,000 reviews. So it's a crowd pleaser. We saw this in uh, a pretty, a pretty crowded theater, lots of laughing, um, some legitimate some legitimate jump scares and like some spooky moments that you could see the crowd kind of reacting to and ordinarily like john knows this more than anyone else like i fucking hate obnoxious kids. people and kids in the theater but yeah. this is one of those where it's like kind of appropriate that there was like a little i was sat like almost two seats down from like this little kid like he might have been like 11 or 12 years old and he was like loving it like he was like the first time you see a proton pack and they fire it, he was like clapping and cheering and like, oh, it was cute. cool. Like it legitimately is a very, and you know, I, I don't want this to sound like super high. I don't want this to sound like high flute and praise or whatever, but like there was kind of like, I did feel a little bit of that magic in this kind of movie. Like there is a, a lot of movies, especially a lot of remakes, I think can suffer from feeling a little hollow um, mm-hmm. and just yeah. a little, so surface level, but I really did there were a few moments in the movie where I was like, man, that was cool. Like if I, I imagine myself like, man, if I was a kid seeing this, I would have been fucking like jazzed. Is it PG or is it PG 13? Uh, it's PG 13. 
Probably PG-13, right? Okay. Yeah, PG-13. So There's definitely not a... marketed as a kid's movie, but a family movie. Yeah, it's a... I think it's a good family. I mean, there's some like there's some adult humor that I don't think like the kids would pick up at all. Like there's a well, I, I mean, there's adult humor in Shrek, and that's G, yeah, right. So yeah, um, but yeah, I think probably I don't even know what that's rated PG thirteen for. Like supernatural just, action, some suggestive yeah. references. So it's probably more of like just those spooky things that you're talking about, just like menacing things. So yeah, it's. It's a P like, it's totally a PG movie, but it's great. Like I I really thoroughly enjoyed it. It's, it's like two hours. The runtime is two hours and four minutes. It takes a long time for it to kind of establish itself. It really like introduces you to these characters, but I will say here, um, and I've not, I don't think I've seen her in really anything else, but the lead actress is, uh, McKenna Grace. Do you know who this is? Isn't she in Hill House? Is she in Hill House? I'm looking at her. She's like one of the kids. Uh, Am I thinking of somebody else? I think you might be thinking of somebody else. Hmm. I'll look it up too. Um. Oh no, she yeah, she is in Hill House. She's young Theo, so she's like the the sister. Then I know who that is. I remember because I saw that name a bunch recently because I watched that whole thing when we were in Brooklyn. (laughs) Uh, she's great. She's yeah. like, she steals the show. She is so charismatic and funny and uh, like really honestly, one of the better child actor performances I've seen in a long time. Wow. Good, so, good, good praise. Cause that yeah. hates child actors. So <laughs> yeah. I just hate kids in general, man. What are they, what are they doing? Get out of here. Just cast adults as children. Come on. Don't yeah. you want to see Tom Hanks try to play a 12 year old? Toby Maguire plays a 12 year old. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife I, on the radio evading a patented 20-point scale, I'd probably give it like a solid eight. Nice. Very enjoyable. I, 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 will, I will definitely get around to seeing it. I don't know if it's one of those that I wanted to no, it's, risk, it's, risk yeah. the theater is a wrong way of putting it, but that's essentially what I mean. Yeah, I, I'm it's not. I'm choosing my, my theater exposure for things that are either only in theaters that I desperately need to see, like Bond or something, but. Yeah, it's definitely not a movie you need to rush out and see, but it is a very enjoyable movie that I think captures the essence of what Ghostbusters is. A lot of dry humor, quick yeah. wit, uh, spooky stuff, cool practical pay, effects I'll, too. I'll pay to rent it when it comes out, so at least it gets some money from me because it sounds like you know people really enjoy it, and I would love to have Ghostbusters back in the in the popular eye. You know, yeah, I would. I would be. I would be very into it if they did a sequel to this with the same, cool. like the kid actors. Um, but yeah, uh, I'll, I'll breeze through the rest of these so we can move on to like some news and other topics here. But uh, I've the square Enix, Idos Montreal guardians of the galaxy game that was released uh, a few months ago. I think it was released in September uh, came out to like mixed critical reviews a lot. I saw like high eights and nines. And then I saw some reviews in, in like the fives and I was like, I was like, man, I, I was a little inundated with like Far Cry at the time. And there was some other stuff that I was playing. So I was like, well, I don't really need to rush out and buy this. But then a couple of weeks ago during all the Black Friday craziness, it was on sale at Best Buy for like 30 bucks. And I was like, all right, I'll try it. And so I picked it up. I thought it was phenomenal. I thought it was one of the best games I played this year. Um, really enjoyed it. I thought the story was excellent. Way more. It's way more um, uncharted than it is like Marvel's Avengers, like the the multiplayer one that they released. Like 
it's legitimately like a it is a single player narrative driven third person shooter um and it's awesome like the guardians are all really funny and the dialogue is really well written the places you go the environments of all the different planets you go to is so fun and I don't know. There's like a lot of twists and turns in the story that I didn't expect. There's a, there, by the way, there is a twist that happens in this game that you are going to shit yourself when you play it. Like, I really hope it doesn't get spoiled for you because when I, a character says, let's go blank, 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 do this. And I was like, Oh, I was like, John's going <laughs> to lose his mind. Uh, so it's really cool. It's a really, really cool game. Uh, it's meaty too. Like, I think it took me like maybe 14 or 15 hours to beat the single player campaign yeah it's pretty so, lengthy it's pretty lengthy uh when i finished the game i saw that i had like 81 percent of the trophies so i think i'm gonna try and platy um yeah just a lot of collectible stuff it seems like a really a- attainable platinum it just might be a little time consuming but um really good game i highly recommend it if you can find it on sale definitely get it this this holiday season i think i think yeah will enjoy it and you fans out there will as well um and then pokemon pearl it's Pokemon. It's Pokemon. It's more Pokemon. Like pizza. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, really polished experience, though. Like, uh, it's very cute. Yeah. I very can't cool. wait. I, I have put Diamond on my Christmas list, so I can't wait to to hopefully get it down the road and, and play through that. I That's the last generation of Pokemon games that I remember, like, actually playing and enjoying. So, that's I think that's what, Gen 4. So, after that is where I dropped yeah. off from playing them after new entries. So. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to touch on very briefly is that, um, so I bought when, when the PlayStation five and the Xbox series X were announced, I bought both. Um, yeah, I bought my Xbox mainly because I wanted to have a second console in my office space that I could just play like Warzone with our friends with. Um, but I also bought game pass with it because I've always heard how great of a deal it is. And we'll talk about that later on. There's uh, yeah. rumors of a PlayStation competitor plan. Um, but Halo Infinite, I was never super into Halo. I always, you know, played it at friends' houses or at sleepovers or whatever, but I never grew up with Xbox consoles. So I, I never like really owned Halo or played Halo. Um, but Halo Infinite, like all other Microsoft first party stuff is free to Game Pass subscribers as long as you pay the monthly fee. And I've been fucking around with the multiplayer and the single player releases on Wednesday. Um, and the multiplayer is just so much fun. And like, I don't know, I, as someone that was never really into Halo, like this one's really clicking with me. So yeah, uh, Halo, I think is, is in terms of franchises, probably in the top three best multiplayer experiences, I think for shooters. Yeah. Like of all time. I, I really enjoyed um, Halo two and three. I, I only really played the first three. And after that, I stopped buying Xbox consoles. So. Yeah, but um, I, I remember playing Halo Two with uh, Mike uh, in his basement, like cooperative, and I thought that that was like yeah. awesome, like yeah, a co-op f- f- shooter that you just like running and gunning, and I-, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, so very much enjoying Infinite. Can't wait to get into the uh, single-player campaign, which drops on Wednesday. Um, where to next? John, do you want to talk probably, some Hawkeye? Probably, uh, yeah, let's talk about Hawkeye. So I've only seen uh, two episodes. Oh, so you haven't watched the third? No, I haven't gotten around to it. Okay, then we'll keep this brief. Um, yeah. Do they come what, out on Wednesdays? Thought? Yeah, every Wednesday. So oh, Okay. And it's already halfway over. There's only eight, uh, six episodes, I think. Oh, it's not eight? No, I think it's only six. I'm going to look that up. But that is unfortunate. 
Tell me what um, you think about Hawkeye, John. I'm curious. I enough. enjoy it. Uh, the first two episodes, I watched them over the the holiday break as well um, when they came out. I thought that they were really cool, very fun, very good, like, banter between Kate Bishop and Clint. Um, they do a great job of establishing Kate Bishop as a character, which I appreciated, um, considering that, you know, all of the Disney plus Marvel shows have not really been introducing new characters that are the leads as much as just reintroducing old characters from the movies that we already know. Um, or having so like side characters for, become more prominent. Right, right. Like this is actually like a main character. So considering that Miss um, Marvel is coming up with Kamala Khan, this gives me, you know, some good, some good vibes at their ability to uh, introduce new characters on the streaming services instead right. of just in movies. Um, I love all this stuff with, I think, I think the Barton family as a whole is just great. Um, every like little iteration that they've had them in. Um, I still don't think, <laughs> I don't know. I know that they're like, this is kind of the premise of the kind of like a subplot of the show is like spoilers for Endgame, but like Clint dealing with, you know, some survivor's guilt from Natasha sacrificing herself. I still don't know if that was the best move on Marvel's part, but it is what it is. Um, however, I think he's great. He's really cool in this. Uh, this is the best like version of Hawkeye um, in terms of like showing kind of like the street levelness of him. Because in the Avengers, you know, he's got that joke in Ultron that he's like, I'm just a guy with a bow and arrow fighting robots, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. He's never really kind of like fit in. And I think this is the, the best version of, of that character. Um, I think it's interesting that they keep going back to 2012, the Avengers tech on New York as like the nexus for everything. Um, but it would make a lot of sense because obviously all the Marvel characters are from New York City. So like yeah. that's going to be a big part of history. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think it's funny. I think it's got some cool action sec pieces. I think some of the villains that they're introducing are really cool. Um, I'm excited to to get caught up with episode three and and as well as see how it goes yeah yeah i did uh i looked it up briefly there and it is only six episodes so um the last episode the last episode airs the 22nd of december so wow the week after spidey but right before christmas okay which is cool do you think this season ends with the peter parker news on the tv leading up to the week that leading up to the week that no way home comes out Maybe I wouldn't be surprised. Like they if just that's they just see it on the TV, there. and and Barton's like, oh well, guess that's out and about. <laughs> and well, that doesn't. I don't know if that doesn't work out really like time wise because at the end of Far From Home, it's like I feel like it's, it's not, not winter. winter. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. But so is this um, before that, I don't they know. Never really. They don't ever really say when when Far From Home is. Yeah, I don't know. This seems to me like it's a. Few, they say a few years, multiple times after end game so this this might be further down the road maybe yeah so but it's for enough around the down the road that he needs a hearing aid so yeah and and speaking of the hearing aid thing like i think that's one of the cool things is that yeah this so this this series is totally like the hot guy like he's just a guy he's just he's just clint barton he's you know and they old, play with that idea yeah. yeah um it's really cool like and the fact that that we have you know, it doesn't really feel like it, but they show like the, in episode one or whatever, he, he and his kids go to see Rogers, the musical, which is just the best fucking thing in the world. 
yeah. I was rolling laughing at that shit. But, um, you know, we do have kind of like a history with this guy, this actor. Like he's been Clint, he's been Hawkeye since fucking 2012. Ten years. Yeah. Ten years, it's yeah. pretty crazy. And so, uh, you know, there's history there. And I definitely think that there, I, I really like the idea. It's basically just Marvel's diehard, like trapped in New York City. Or like Rush Hour. Sure, yeah. Rush Hour is there too, but it's, you know, it's, I, I just really like that it's got to get home before Christmas. Yeah. I got to deal with this shit. Um, mm-hmm. I will say that I thought the opening of episode one was awesome. Like the throwback to the invasion of New York and like see her seeing her, her inspiration, like right in front of her, I thought was so emotional, really, really cool. Yeah. And then Very I cool. think, and then I think the rest of that episode was kind of slow. Um, so I wasn't like in love with it. And then I thought, each episode subsequently has gotten better. And episode three is like a 10. Like the latest episode is awesome. You said you haven't watched it. You've only watched the first two. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta get on that. It's It is awesome. And there's a little teaser in there that I can't spoil for you, but there's a, there's a thing in there that might make you excited. There's a thing in there. There's a thing in there. Yeah. And it, maybe has to do with uh, another thing we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But I was going to uh, say, I think I can guess because of I've read <laughs> Hawkeye books. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's one of the highest rated. I mean, I don't remember what WandaVision and that stuff had, but, but it, right now on Rotten Tomatoes season one has a 92% critic approval, uh, slightly lower audience score, which I think is interesting at 79%, but yeah, I actually Hawkeye. think I yeah I actually think so far, and I haven't even watched episode three, but I actually think so far I, I enjoy it more than a majority of the Disney Plus shows that Marvel's put out. Yeah. Well, then you're I, and like you know you know me. Three. I wasn't like super super excited about like Hawkeye. I gotta watch it day one. Like they've done a really good job of selling me on it because like I like I like Clint Barton as a character, and I like the the Matt Fraction books, and Kate Bishop's really cool. But yeah, you know. I think I still like Loki more, but we'll yeah, see I think, when it's all said and done. Yeah, for me, it's still WandaVision, Loki, and then probably, well, it, it, it's too early. It's too yeah, you early. you got to wait till it's over. You got to wait till it's over. This could end in the train wreck. You never know. <laughs> you never know. I think it's <laughs> going to end or, uh, with the Christmas tree. Or they could, yeah, or they could wind up fighting like something really crazy at the end that changes the MCU and we'll be like, all right, let's go. Ugh, Kang shows up in this. Nah, dude, I bet you it's the kingpin. I mean, he he owns the tracksuit mafia. So if there's a, if there's a time to reintroduce him, it's got to be now. And uh, speaking of reintroducing things, let's just hit the Marvel news. Let's do before. it, yeah. Yeah, bang, so bang in a row. Uh, Kevin Feige confirms that Daredevil casting in the MCU is, is Daredevil casting in the MCU, and fans will be pumped. Um, I'm going to start the, both of these articles by saying take all of this with a grain of salt. Um, although these words definitely do seem to s- indicate they're it's pretty straightforward. What did you watch the video of him saying this? No, I like he doesn't really even article. hesitate. Like he doesn't really even hesitate. To <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, okay. So here we go from the, the only here. thing that I don't understand is like, why didn't he drop this at Disney plus day? Cause he yeah, was there, that, right. That's the thing is that this doesn't make any sense to me. Like you could have just been like, we don't have any, plans on the calendar but we do want to introduce matt murdoch back into the mcu and he will be played by charlie cox and then you just drop the mic you know 
like they did when they brought you and McGregor out. And she's like, are you playing Obi-Wan again? And he's like, yes. <laughs> and then that was it. <laughs> yeah. You would have had a huge pop. And, and I think that, um, this is weird because yeah, it's an interview with cinema, cinema blend, which is not like an a one news outlet. Yeah. And they're talking about Spider-Man no way home. And here's what the article says. The man behind the machine that is the MCU sat down with Cinema Blend recently and fielded out questions about Daredevil and the character's potential in the MCU now that his Netflix show has run its course. Um, and we asked Feige what he thought about Charlie Cox being able to stay in the park. To our surprise, the usually covert Kevin Feige confirmed the news that so many fans will want to hear when he told Cinema Blend, quote, if you were to see Daredevil in upcoming things, Charlie Cox, yes, would be the actor playing Daredevil. Where we see that, how we see that, when we see that remains to be seen, end quote. Um, so yeah, super weird that he just dropped this on an interview about, and they're sitting, the interview backdrop, like the green screen they're sitting behind is a Spider-Man No Way Home backdrop. Yeah. So they're yeah. just like on a press tour for Spider-Man and he just suddenly decides to drop the news that Charlie Cox is coming back. Like that's a pretty big bombshell. Don't really I mean, understand the motivation there. It just leads me to believe more that they're trying to like backdoor reintroduce the Netflix characters in these things that are in New York City, like yeah. No Way Home, Hawkeye, uh, She-Hulk, Moon Knight to an extent, like all these like Marvel Knights ground level characters that were on Netflix, like the Punisher and Jessica Jones. Like, I bet you these motherfuckers are just going to start popping up like out of the ground, like Luke Cage, you know, he'll probably be in something coming up soon. Yeah. Iron Fist will be in the next Shang-Chi thing and they'll fight and he'll kick his ass because I hate that actor. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Don't bring Iron Fist back. Just, yeah, just leave him in him Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one that we can just, we can go you ahead can and retire. Bring, uh, you can bring back his, uh, his partner in crime. She's great, but her name escapes me right now. Well, speaking about other characters that are going to be coming out of the ground, MODOK. MODOK, baby. Do you Ant know what MODOK stands for? Zach, uh, mo uh, mechanical organism designed only for killing, right? Nice job, man. Thank you. Nice. I did watch. I watched the. Uh, did you watch the Modoc series on Hulu with Patton Oswalt? No. It's pretty funny. It's a nice, easy watch. Like I think is, the um, episodes are like 15, 20 minutes long each. Okay, gotcha. It's cute. It's robot chicken, basically, but yeah, the whole yeah. plot is Modoc. It's now. I read funny. this. I read this article that we have in our news document. Are they saying that? Bill Murray's playing him or um no Bill Murray so he's in quantum mania Bill they Murray is he... in quantum mania but they don't think that he's playing okay so this is another take this with a grain of salt because the direct often breaks breaking news from the direct but it's like oftentimes a lot of whole bunch of bullshit like right. to get to the whole thing about Modoc, it's like you have to scroll like halfway down the page so they're burying the lead this is clearly a very clickbaity site, but according to the direct sources, MODOK will be introduced to the MCU in a major role in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. MODOK's rumored presence in the sequel is yet to be confirmed by Marvel Studios. Jim Carrey was previously rumored to take on the villain role in the MCU, but the direct is confirming the actor is not playing MODOK in the Ant-Man 3 cool. So um, no idea about who's playing him, how it's going to be, if it's going to be like an actual person or just a voice acted role. Um, but what I want to know from you, uh, comics book expert John Parker, how how do you how would you do Modoc in the MCU? Like, how do you envision this going down? 
Well, <laughs> first of all, let me just, I have a couple of Ant-Man things to discuss first before we talk about MODOK specifically. Okay. I'm a little bummed by this news, not because I don't like MODOK or the MCU or anything like that, but I really wanted Quantumania to just be Kang. And I don't, because he's, they, they're setting him up in Loki to be this big thing, and we know he's in Quantumania. So this kind of leads me to believe that Kang might not be as predominantly featured in Ant-Man as the main villain, which is a little disheartening. However... But you think that... Are you thinking that just Ant-Man or his presence in the MCU going forward? Because no, I still think Ant-Man that... Quantum oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, you know, he'll be in it going forward, but I was hoping that he would be, like, the main villain of this movie. The guy. And they could continue... Because it's... It's not the one that we met in Loki. It would be the, the evil variant, King the Conqueror, apparently, based on the news um, a couple years ago. But um, yeah, yeah, no, Modoc's really fun character. I kind of wish that they could have just kept Patton Oswald because he loves that character. But now he's Pip the Troll, thanks to the Eternals. So I don't know if he can double Fuck. dip at all or whatever. But I would love to character, see that. I think this character is un- just because of the character design, it'd be really hard to do practically. So I think there will definitely have to be some CG aspect to it unless they make him like a television screen, like Zola in like Winter Soldier or something. Um, and I always I've, thought that that Zola thing in Winter Soldier was a, was supposed to be like, okay, well, we understand. Because here's the thing. MODOK is like a freak of nature. Hard to imagine it working in the MCU, at least for me. Yeah. Oh, and for so- sure. And so For it's sure. like, I thought that they were using that Zola thing as like a, hey, we know we can't do MODOK, but here's basically MODOK. It's like store brand MODOK. And What's you guys can is, just enjoy it. Doesn't it seem to you like phase four is just they're like, let's just see if stuff works. Now that we got them on the hook, let's just try them out. <laughs> I think yeah. like, I think they're just going for it now. Like they don't even care. They're yeah, like was, Harry Styles' arrows, sure. Pip the troll with terrible CG, who cares? They got to fix that. Celestial's coming out of the ocean, and now it's just stuck in the Indian Ocean? Okay, sure. Like, they're just doing the stuff. It's just happening. Oscar Isaac is Moon Knight? Go ahead. That's a great idea. Um, it is a good idea, but Moon Knight's a, it's a crazy character. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I was talking about this with somebody at work and we were just saying like, you know, we've been enjoying, I think our consist like for the movies that we've seen in the MCU since fa- phase four, I've consistently enjoyed all of them, but I do not feel like there's anything compelling pushing any kind of general narrative forward. Like, uh, the most think- compelling thing to me was the end of Shang-Chi with the rings. That the was most the com- thing. That was the, that was the post-credit scene that I've seen. Or like end of a show that I've seen that has like gotten me the most excited, even more than the Kang stuff in Loki. Yeah, that's that's the thing that got me the most is the ending of Loki with the the twist ending of Loki, the divergent timelines. Like that is the most exciting thing to me, narrative wise, that the MCU is doing right now. Aside from we don't know what's going to happen in No Way Home, but you have to imagine that that's going to be really the linchpin in this whole multiverse thing, and it's going to open the door for whatever we're going to be seeing in. Have they, have they announced when phase four is like ending and then phase five is going to start fantastic four. Really? That's what I thought. Oh my God. That's like the last so long. The timeline. <laughs> That's like the timeline that they showed at the T23. I thought Marvel phase four timeline images. So like 2023. No, Thor believe. love and thunder is the end of phase four. Oh, really? Yeah. According For to the sure? screen that, 
yeah well but this was pre-covid because yeah, you gotta it still look up the disney that, plus day one <laughs> the most recent one because thor love and thunder's next year so there's no way phase four is already over i don't see an infographic maybe they don't even know that's updated yeah i don't think they know yeah it would just be cute if phase four ended with fantastic four you know what i mean sure i i I could see them ending with a tease of fantastic four but that movie's not even like in production that we know of i guess that would be really so secretive about stuff right now yeah yeah, but at least something about that would leak. We would know if they, if someone would know if there, there would be some leak out there somewhere if there was a fucking whatever. Yeah, here's the, the thing. This is chair. my, this is my beef with Phase Four. I like Phase Four. I, I agree with you. There's nothing I've watched that I've been like, well, that was shit. I, mean, I didn't have a good time. Yeah, they are setting up like four different earth-shattering plot lines, and I don't know how they converge. And I don't know when they all take place in the timeline because they could very well be happening at different times. Yeah, They could be happening on also different Earths that we don't know about. It's very possible that the Eternals that we just saw happen on an entirely different Earth than the rest of the MCU. I know they they reference Endgame, so it's probably not correct. But and Blade's possible. in there. Sure. Yeah. That's such a waste. Yeah, I, I still get mad that they, the first time they introduced Mahershala Ali's blade, it's just his voice. Like, come it's on. his voice. You couldn't, you couldn't get him in there for like a, for like ten seconds. I, Mahershala Ali calls call Disney. And he's like, "What do you want me to do?" They're like, "Can you just say, are you sure you're ready for that, Dane Whitman?" He's like, ah. "Hold on." Pours Fuck himself it. a scotch. You sure, you ready for that, Dane Whitman? Hang up. That's it. And then they're like, "All right, print it." Um. So last Marvel bit of news, and then we'll move on to something else that I'm very excited to talk about. Uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, part Mm -hmm. one. Uh, Part one. Yeah, big big news drop December 4th, also at like 9 o'clock at night or something like this. Like, I feel like it just dropped out of nowhere. Like, so again, like, Sony just doesn't, Sony doesn't know how to market anything. Like, (laughs) they market No Way Home very well. But that's Marvel. Like, well, Marvel is helping in. So, okay. So as far as I understand it, the the, the breakdown of ownership of Spider-Man with the MCU is that Marvel Studios is in charge of the creative aspect of control of it. But then Sony is responsible for the financial aspect of it, which right. includes the marketing. I think, think Amy Pascal is in charge of his marketing. But I just can't – there has to be some – like we talked about with the trailer, they're clearly hiding – the big secrets of, of no way home. So I think that Marvel in some aspect is like, don't spill the beans. Like, please keep this under control. Keep it locked. We want this to be a secret when people go into the theater. Um, yeah. So I don't know, but this is like, I, I think, what did you think of the trailer? Cause I thought it was like, okay, it's cool. It's cool to see these guys, like the kids grown up a little bit, like when Stacy and Miles look a little bit older. I don't know if they're grown up though. I think this this looks like it's right after when Spider-Verse ends. No, I think it's a, a little while afterwards because Miles looks older. Like he his hair is like grown out a lot. And like I th- I think they aged him up a little bit. Interesting. I think they look the exact same because it ends, no. it, it opens the same way that the movie ends, where she like FaceTimes him and she's like, Hey Miles, you got a second. And then, like, 
I think it's like a back to the future thing. Like it just picks up, just keeps going. But I don't know. We'll see when the when the actual trailer comes out. This is very much like a teaser kind of. Yeah, thing. this like, is a total. There's teaser. a little bit of dialogue. It's cute. It's like some good banter with the two of them, and then it's just like lots of visuals with Miguel yeah. Ramos and stuff like that. So, I just love. So the two major things to talk about, I guess, is just like yeah, like I love this visual style. I would watch like hours seven of of just yeah, yeah just because it looks so spectacular but um the other thing too is that like it's they're marketing it as part one so it's going to be like this seems like they're i mean so we know at least it's a trilogy that it, the, the first movie was financially successful enough that they want to turn this into at least a trilogy um comes out in theaters on october 7th 2022 cool how close do you think the sequel follows after that Exactly, like a year away. A year later, so we'll so like we'll October twenty twenty three. Two Spider Man, two Spider Man animated movies within the span of two years. Yep, that's pretty tight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of Spider Man coming up. A lot of Spider Man plus that plus that Disney Plus show animated thing. And yeah, he'll probably be able to crank out another Tom Holland one in that time, just because that dude makes movies like it's his job, and uh, it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it is his job <laughs> yeah um, as long as he's not too busy making more uncharted movies uh, that movie's gonna flop so hard dude yeah makes me sad let's talk all right let's talk about um you got anything else to say about spider-verse it looks cool no, it looks Obviously, cool i think i think you and i are it. both very excited yes um why don't you talk to me a little bit about the game awards and then we'll move on to the other news stuff okay so we're gonna do something fun here are you ready for I this segment that. I love fun stuff. Bring it up. I just realized that your uh, your name is Clint Barton. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you going to ask me if I've played a game? Because that sounds funny. So, John. Uh, oh, here we go. Can you see my screen? Yes. So, uh, there's a, the Game Awards is coming up soon. It's uh, It's not like, I wouldn't call it the most prestigious. It's really, I really don't know how to describe it. There's really no, there's no exact analog of like the Oscars. Not the Baptist. Yeah. It's not, there's not like an, there's not a direct analog where it's like, um, you know, an Oscar means exactly this for this, but like the game awards is pretty close to, you know, the, uh, the official like awards for video games, or at least they're trying to establish themselves as that. So um, as far as I understand it, I think they have a, a, like an Academy of people that vote like critics and journalists and stuff like that, that vote on game awards stuff as well, but they also do fan voting, which is what we've got pulled up here. Um, And here's the game that I want to play is (laughs) I want you to pick, the best of these with having only played three video games in 2021 <laughs> oh my god this is gonna be great yeah okay so first up let's start we're going big game of the year yeah. mm-hmm. uh got death loop it takes right. two <laughs> metroid dread psychonauts 2 ratchet and clank rift apart and resident evil village all right so i've watched you play ratchet and clank and i have played resident evil village and i haven't seen any of the others but you really liked death loop but is this me picking my game of the year <laughs> or is it like the uh, radiovania's pick you're the academy all right resident evil village <laughs> <laughs> vote 
podcast. Let's go, baby. Vote submitted. <laughs> Thank you, Lycans and gentlemen. All right. Next category. Best game direction. Deathloop. It takes two. Returnal. Psychonauts 2. Ratchet and Clank. Rift Apart. I'm going to go with Ratchet and Clank because that, that looked pretty fun. Okay. Next category. Best narrative. <laughs> Deathloop. It takes two. Life is Strange. True Colors. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. And Psychonauts 2. Uh, let's go with Deathloop. Very cool concept. I like so it. So I'm voting for I this one because it. I'm voting for this. <laughs> I'm voting for this one because you're the Academy. But of the of these, I would give it to Guardians. Interesting. Okay. Um, I think Deathloop is a better game, but I think that Marvel's Guardians tells a better story. All right. Pound for pound. Best art direction. This will be funny. The Artful Escape, Deathloop, Kenna Bridge of Spirits, Psychonauts 2, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Um, let's go based on these five pictures here. Let's go scratch and click. <laughs> Do you think this is how the Oscars work too? Yeah, like, definitely. This is, I like this, this cover. Why, I like this cover with the Gucci's. This is why. This is why Green Book won. All right, <laughs> they had the best poster. <laughs> All right, what's your vote? I said Ratchet and Clank. Oh, you said Ratchet? Okay, yeah. best art direction. I can yeah. see that one. That's probably the prettiest game I've played this year. Cool. Um, best score in music. The Artful Escape, Ooh. Cyberpunk 2077, Deathloop, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Near Replicant version 1.22474487139. Um, I actually did watch you play Marvel's Guardians for like an hour, and I thought that the incorporation of the rock and roll as well as the score was really cool, so I'm going to go with Guardians. Guardians, cool. Um, but you really liked the Deathloop music, right? Yeah, Deathloop is like a dirty Western. Like, it's like... <laughs> it's really cool. Dirty Western. Uh, I bet... So, Cyberpunk, not up for many awards, as you'll notice, because it kind of had a, a bit of a right. troubled launch. But I definitely think that there's room for that game to win some awards this year. I just don't know exactly what that's going to be. Um, best audio design, Deathloop, Forza Horizon 5, Ratchet and Clank, Resident Evil Village, and Returnal. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Resident Evil for this one. Um, I thought that the especially if you play it with headphones, it's yeah. terrifying in parts of it, and just like the way that you can hear like the winds chiming and stuff like that. It's awesome. Yeah. All right, best performance. Oh my goodness, Erika Mori as Alex Chen in Life is Strange, uh, Giancarlo Esposito as Anton Castillo uh, in Far Cry Six, Jason Kelly as Colt Vaughn in Deathloop. Maggie Robertson is Lady Dimitrescu in uh, <laughs> sorry, fuck, Lady Dimitrescu, Dimitrescu yeah. in Resident Evil Village. Um, I don't know how to pronounce this name. Do you have a guess? Can't help, can't help you there. I don't like taking stabs at things and, and mispronouncing them. Yeah, Juliana Blake in Deathloop. I'm sorry, Miss Akaha. I would, I would assume the last name is Akaha. Akaha. Yeah. Okay. What's your pick, Academy? Um, so here's the thing. I like Lady Demetresque, but she's not in much of that game. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily say that's a best performance quality thing. Now, I have seen the Far Cry 6 television commercials, <laughs> and uh, Giancarlo Esposito is a stud, so let's give it to him. All right. Vote Giancarlo. Um, I bet... Uh, I think this one is either going to be Erica Mori uh, or Jason Kelly because the Deathloop, his act, his 
performance in Deathloop is really good, uh, but Life is Strange is like a narrative-driven choose-your-own-adventure kind of like Telltale mm, game. So, sure so there's more that. opportunity for emotional performance there. So I, be- I haven't played it, but I bet she wins. Um, <laughs> this is a great category for me. Games for impact. <laughs> for a thought-provoking game with a pro-social meaning or message. Before Your Eyes, Boyfriend Dungeon, Chicory, A Colorful Tale, Life is Strange, True Colors, and No Longer Home. Well, let's go with Life is Strange. Okay. I think that that's a solid pick. I think that'll probably win this. Thanks, thanks. I'm really basing it off of a lot here. All right. Best ongoing. Awarded to a game for outstanding development. Moving on. (laughs) The Academy votes Warzone. It's the only one that I hear people talk about. Yeah. Uh, Best Indie. 12 Minutes, Death's Door, Inscription, Kenna Bridge of Spirits, and Loop Hero. I'm going to go Kenna Bridge of Spirits. Okay. Because reasons because reasons did i tell you about 12 minutes no is the game only 12 minutes no it's a cool so that's deceiving (laughs) i would love to see you play this game by the way like uh maybe one day whenever you're down here i should put it on and have you try and play it um i think that could be a great twitch stream that could be a great twitch stream john plays new things and it's it's like uh clueless gamer on conan right yeah. Uh, but yeah, 12 minutes is like a, it's like a puzzle game where you're mm. stuck in a time loop and you have to try and figure out how to get out of the loop and break the loop. And, uh, oh, like Dormammu, kind of like Dormammu. And, but <laughs> voice cast, there's, there's three people in the game. There's three voice actors in the game. Uh, I guess. Go ahead, guess. Nolan North is one of them. No. Troy Baker. No. Laura Bailey. No. <laughs> All right, then I'm out. <laughs> That's all you know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, the character that you control is James McAvoy. Oh. Your wife is Daisy Ridley. <laughs> if only. <laughs> <laughs> and the cop, and, and a cop is uh, Willem Dafoe. Oh, that's cool. So it's I'm like in. an all-star cast. Um, it's pretty cool. It's a cool concept. I, I can see that getting a lot of nods. I actually think that uh, Death's Door will win this is death door has been like highly talked about but i haven't gotten around to it okay <laughs> best mobile games <laughs> fantasian genshin impact league of legends wild rift marvel future revolution or pokemon unite i'm gonna go with league of legends because on the friendship onion dominic and billy boyd played league of legends together really and uh shout out to them so there we go That's cool jesus I don't even know what this means. Best community support. Apex Legends. Destiny 2. (laughs) All right. Destiny 2. Moving on. (laughs) Innovation and accessibility presented by Chevrolet. Recognizing (laughs) software and or hardware that is pushing the medium forward by adding features, technology, and content to help games be played. Oh, okay. So this is the accessibility thing. So it's like Last of Us Part 2 won this last year because of all the accessibility options because like of like. Oh, no. Because like, oh, like for um, like deaf players. and and Yeah. For like. uh, disabled gamers or whatever like people that okay. want to play these games that aren't able to so far cry 6 mm. forza marvel's guardians ratcheting clank the veil i mean i don't i don't know i don't know because yeah. i haven't tried any of them so i can't speak to this so let's give it to let's give it to forza <laughs> all right i'm gonna click the next it's category Chevrolet. it makes the most sense yeah i'm gonna click the next category and if you don't here's the here's the academy i want you you're you're just 100 percent corrupt if you don't like the category, we skip it. All right. I like it. All right. Best VR AR. Resident Evil 4. All right. Vote submitted. Best action game. Ooh. 
Uh, do Deathloop. Deathloop? Do Deathloop, yeah. That's a safe bet. Thank you. Um, best action adventure. I've got Metroids um, has to win something. I don't. I let's just give don't it know. Let's give it to Metroid. Okay. Let's give it to Metroid since I give Resident Evil best game. <laughs> game of the year, Resident Evil. Uh, best role playing. Got let's Cyberpunk. Give it to Cyberpunk. I actually do think that this is could be where Cyberpunk wins because I Climbing heard divisive level. stuff on Monster Hunter. Um, I'm still gonna play it, by the way. Best fighting game. Um, let's go with Demon Slayer. Uh, Academy, would you mind please reading the whole title of the game that you're Demon Slayer <laughs> Kimetsu no Yabi, the Hinokami Chronicles? <laughs> I want to clip that out. That was really funny. Uh, best family. Oh, okay. Pokemon Snaps okay. on here. Mario 3D World. Mario Party. I think. Um, I think Mario Party Superstars sounds good. Mario Party's great family game. Yeah, I agree. Best sim slash strategy game. <laughs> um, let's go with... Oh, uh, I know what's going to win. Yeah, the flight simulator? Yeah. All right. Well, let's give it to Age of Empires. <laughs> Age of Empires voted. I'm trying to stack the vote. Ten more categories. Right? Best sports and racing. FIFA. Really? FIFA? Always. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, Academy. I would have voted for Hot Wheels Unleashed, but... Uh, well, I'm in charge. <laughs> best multiplayer. I got uh, lots of stuff on here. It takes two, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? Fuck it. Content creator of the year. I don't know any of these people, but I'm going to have to ask you to pronounce their names. Let's go with Fuzzly. Fusli? Fusli? I don't know. Because she's the only woman on here and uh, more power to them. Sure. I dig it. The patriarchy is real. Let's break that, guys. Best debut indie. Kenna, Bridge of Spirits. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I haven't heard of much of this. Most anticipated game. Okay, so this is a category. Oh, I can I can vote for this. Yeah, God let's go War. through here. <laughs> the options are Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, the sequel to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and Starfield. Right? First of all, can I just that. say that that is supreme bullshit, that we don't even know what that game is fucking called. They're just calling it the sequel to the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Launch, yeah, I don't know. Like uh, maybe let's, let's not vote for something until we know what it, the fuck it is or when it's coming out. Yeah, yeah. To me, on this list, it really is like it's a very close tie between God of War Ragnarok and Starfield. But I'm gonna really? give it to Ragnarok. Okay. Because God of War is the shit. Atreus, boy. Best esports game presented by Grubhub. <laughs> Call of Duty. Presented by Grubhub. Of course, you fat fucks want to order more McDonald's. You want some Mountain Dew? You want some pizza? <laughs> Best esports athlete. Ooh, this is great. Um, who who do who looks like I could have a beer with them? Um, let's go with Magomed Collapse. Kalilov. Kalilov. Okay, voted. That's a cool nickname, although I, name. I don't appreciate this guy. Like, you got to be really ballsy to call yourself Simp. Yeah, that's, that's pretty wild. All right, we're almost done. Best esports team, the Atlanta Phase, DWG KIA, <laughs> Natus Vincere, Sentinels, Team Spirit. I'm going to go with Atlanta Phase. Shout out Atlanta, A-Town. A-Town. Best esports coach. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Um, 
this guy looks like he's applying for a job on linkedin (laughs) let's go with james crowder crowder because having your nickname be your last name in quotations is a power move (laughs) (laughs) that's some dumb bullshit right there all right last one best esports event oh we these end on such a I think uh why don't you do the the um PUBG <laughs> Mobile Global Championship 20. Mobile Global. I love that Mobile Global Championship. Good stuff. All right, there we go. All right, that's the game awards. We did it. We did it. All right. That was All a right. fun category. Thanks for doing that. Yeah, I'm glad. Glad you enjoyed I it. T- I had a good time. I um I base all my things upon fact and uh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Got a couple more things here, and then we'll wrap it up for the day. But uh, yeah. got an article here from Screen Rant that I want to talk to you about. Parks and Rec's yes. Nick Offerman joins HBO's The Last of Us in mystery role. Let's um, go, baby. So it's a role that's not been announced. The actor's best known for playing Leslie Nope's uh, boss, Ron Swanson. Uh, lots of stuff here or whatever. Hold on. Where's the Did you ever, see, um, did you ever see Founder? No, I still haven't seen Founder. So he plays one of the McDonald's brothers. Um, really good really good in that movie and like a dramatic role and also yeah. i liked him in um bad times at the el royale that's yeah good too uh he uh during the pandemic one of the sh- one of the first shows that came out after lockdown started was devs on hulu yeah uh, from the guy that did like ex machina and he plays like not the villain but he plays like kind of like an imposing dramatic role yeah and uh he's really good in that too so uh now you we talked about this a little bit over text you you assumed bill which I really like. I'm wrong. So let me let me really? read this. Let me, 30, let me read this. Real so yeah. In an interview with the Guardian, Bartlett. Uh, so they they interviewed uh, Murray Bartlett, um, who uh, Bartlett last. Oh, I should have us. <laughs> I should have had this prepared because I was just <laughs> reading it like earlier. But so Murray Bartlett is a character named Frank. Okay. Um, but I'm pretty sure that they uh... – okay, so there's a guy named Con O'Neill is playing Bill. Okay, yep. So there's a guy named Con O'Neill that's playing Bill. There's a guy named Murray Bartlett that's playing Frank. Um, Who's Bill's partner. Oh, Bill's really? That's, that's Frank, the guy that, like, hung himself? Mm-hmm. Oh, so we're going to get to see him alive. That's interesting. Yeah, I like that a lot. I love the idea of them fleshing out the side characters. So I would love like the Bill episode to open with like a flashback of him that would and Frank be cool. surviving the outbreak. Um, so, but yeah, Frank's the guy that he, yeah, where he's like, um, he's got bites here and here. He's the only idiot I know that wears a shirt like that. Yeah. Okay, cool. What a great game. I'm going to go play The Last of Us when we're done with this. <laughs> so Murray Bartlett, they were interviewing him and uh, he said that. here's his quote we filmed quote we filmed it in calgary a lot of my scenes are with nick offerman playing off him was awesome end quote but then they kind of expound on this and say the bartlett was recently been in the spotlight for his performance in the white lotus spoke about experiencing filming the upcoming role of frank a survivalist who lives in an isolated area with another character bill when asked about his experience filming the show bartlett revealed perhaps accidentally that many of his scenes takes place with the parks and rec actor um oh interesting so it's totally possible that nick offerman could just potentially new be character a new character or someone that's like with frank and bill before the before the you know shit pops off or whatever yeah it's possible that nick offerman could be playing um 
one of like maybe part of the military for the, that military group that drives the bus into the side of the school or something like that, you know, and that could be when they come into contact with them. Right. Um, if that, if that is to be reported and then it sounds like he's an entirely new character, but just for fun, if he were to play an existing character, the ones that we don't have announced so far are um, who's playing David, who's playing Henry he could be Eugene from Last of Us Part Two, who is like Tommy's friend from the Firefly days. That would be yeah. kind of cool. Um, yeah, I think those are some of the major uh, characters that have not been announced as as being cast yet or confirmed yeah. at least. Um, and the uh, more I think about it, we know that Jeffrey Pierce, who plays Tommy in the games, is in the show. I think it'd be really interesting if he played David. That would be really fucked up, but. Uh, <laughs> He's he's probably a new character entirely as well. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I love the idea of of getting new characters, though. This this could be pretty cool. And yeah. I mean, for someone who's played The Last of Us so many times, I would love for the show to surprise me with some stuff. You know, for sure. Make it a little, make it a little bit different, entirely different interpretation without straying too far away from you know, the essence and the core of what the game is. Yeah. I definitely think that, you know, uh, there's a, there's a chance that, um, there's a chance that Offerman could be, could be David and like, because that would, that would flesh out the idea that like he knew other people before the, like the virus. And so like, Uh maybe that's how you kind of set him up and then you see him later in the show in winter, you know, it would be pretty interesting if David had like traveled across the country like just a little bit before Joel and Ellie. And then they yeah. like the paths converge in one of the penultimate episodes. That that could be pretty smart. God, I'm so ready for this. I think show, Nick Offerman man. as David would be entirely menacing because he's already a very scary guy. Um well, and but he's also like very like he can be a very lovable. Warm, he's on lovable he's been person. in people's households for 10 years in a comedy show to make him like a child molester cannibal would be insane. <laughs> <laughs> but I can totally see that scene where like yeah. Ellie shoots the deer or whatever, and like he's like, Oh, my name's David. Hey, trade you for some of that meat there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Two bottles of penicillin in the syringe. Do you think do you think if do you think if I if, if I held you hostage? Uh-huh. And I was <laughs> oh <my> like <laughs> and I was like, John, to escape hostage, you need to write the script for The Last of Us. Oh my god. Do you yeah. think you could do it? Yeah. Like not minor voice roles or anything, just all the major dialogue. Yeah, I think I could. I would love to try that. That's give a, me a scene. Give me a scene. I'll do a one man show real quick. Just give me a short scene. Um nothing too crazy. Uh fucking do the scene. Do the scene where which we were talking about Bill. Do the scene where they they like they find the garage or the car with no battery. Mm. Okay. Um, Bill, I hope you're done. We got to get the fuck out of here. What, what's going on? What happened there? I don't know. What's the next plan? There ain't no fucking plan. That was plan A, B, all the way to fucking Z. There we go. That was good. Good, good job. Best performance. Thanks. Best performance. Um, okay. Squid Game. Do you want to talk about this real quick or do you want, do you want to pass so by? So I'm, I haven't finished Squid Game. So as long as it, it doesn't okay. spoil season one, we can talk about it. But well, okay. So I'm not going to scroll down just to, just in case. Well, you can't see my screen anymore. So I'm going to scroll down just Yeah. You can yeah let's not talk want. about, let's not talk about this. Squid Game. Let me know when you finish it. Um, I will. 
But yeah, there's going to be a season two. That's the fucking, that's the story. Thoroughly enjoyed um, as much as someone can enjoy mass murder. Yeah. Um, all right. We're going to end it with some video games. Okay. How's that sound? I have played some. <laughs> so uh, PlayStation plans new service to take on Xbox Game Pass. Uh, this was written by Jason Schreier, formerly of Kotaku, but now working for Bloomberg. So you know whenever there's a Bloomberg article about video games, it's pretty legit. Yeah. I don't really fuck around there. So Sony Group. Uh, PlayStation Division is planning a new subscription service to compete with rival Microsoft Corp's popular Game Pass. Uh, the, according to people familiar with Sony's plans and documents reviewed by Bloomberg, the service, codenamed Spartacus, will allow PlayStation owners to pay a monthly fee for access to a catalog of modern and classic games. Uh, said the people who were asked not to be identified because they weren't authorized to speak to the press about the plans. The offering will likely be available on the smash hit PlayStation 4, which has sold more than 116 million units, and its elusive successor, the PlayStation 5, which launched more than a year ago, but it's still difficult to buy due to supply chain issues. Um, when it launches, expected in the spring of 2022, the service will merge Sony's two existing subscription plans, the PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now. Currently, PlayStation Plus is required for most online multiplayer games and offers free multiplayer titles, while PlayStation Now allows users to stream or download older games. Uh, documents reviewed by Bloomberg suggest that Sony plans to retain the PlayStation Plus branding, but phase out PlayStation Now. Um, so the article goes on to talk about some details about like, you know, and some speculation about what, you know, what they could be doing here, how they, how they would plan on doing this. Um, there there's no there's no rumor about price there's no rumor about what catalogs are on catalog of games is going to be available um but i think that this is a very exciting prospect because i think that game pass is such a good deal that it is kind of shocking to me that sony hasn't really i mean competition breeds you know positivity for the consumer so i think this can only mean really good things for us as PlayStation I fans. I agree. Um, I know that, so PlayStation Plus is what? I think it's $50 for a year, $60 for a year, PlayStation Plus? 60. 60? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. How much do you think this is going to cost? <laughs> um, conservatively, I think if you buy up for the year, like 90. But I think if you pay per month, I think what what's PlayStation Plus per month? Ten dollars, I think. So like if you buy yeah. it for the year, you get essentially fifty percent off is how it's always been. So I think per month, I think you could probably assume it's gonna be at least fifteen dollars, if not twenty. Yeah. Game pass is fifteen dollars a month. Okay. So it'll probably it be includes they might try to make it, and the game pass. It might try to they might try to make it more expensive with more stuff to try to like one up them as opposed to just generally compete. Yeah. Cause it's interesting to me on Xbox, like you can either buy Xbox Gold, Live Gold or whatever, Xbox Live Gold, which is just the ability to play games online for yeah. ten dollars. But for five extra dollars, you get the ability to play online and the catalog of all these awesome games. And the kicker here, which I'm I'm curious to know your opinion. But the whole thing with Xbox's Game Pass that makes it really an exciting offer is that with new games like Forza or Halo or 
whatever, like any Microsoft first party game, like the Gears of Wars, the whatever, you get those part of the subscription day one when they come out. So like, that's really cool. You're paying $15 a month basically for retail price, $70 first party titles that are just coming out. Like I haven't bought a single game for my Xbox. I've only ever bought game pass. And I have, I have tons of games. Like I've played tons of games on game pass and I've, I've not bought a single one. I paid $15 a month or whatever for, for game pass. So my question for you is if Sony goes, goes ahead and does this, obviously Sony has a better catalog of first party studios. I think mm-hmm. better, yeah. better lineup of like the ratchets, the uncharted, the lasts of us. Uh, do you think that they include those games like day and date with their launch? Or do you think that this really is just going to be kind of like a, like the Netflix style, like, Oh, we've got these, these games and then we'll add or take them away monthly. Probably, probably the, the first one, honestly. Do you think that Sony's going to add first party games like day one? Couple, launch? So like God of War, Ragnarok will launch with this. I think it might depend on the independent studio that they are working with. Um, I don't think they would do that with like Naughty Dog, but I could see them doing it with like, um, who, who develops God of War? What's that again? Sony Santa Mon- Monica. So yeah, I could see them doing it with like Sony Santa, like Sony different studios. So. I don't think they do it. Okay. Like, I don't think they do it with any of their first party stuff. So any of the Sony owned studios, I don't think that they will put, I, I can see them being like, the game launches, you could go to Walmart, Target, or the PlayStation Store and download God of War Ragnarok for $70. Or there will be a little tag on there that's like, PlayStation Spartacus members can redeem this title for free in 60 days or something like that. Yeah. Like, they'll yeah. add like a waiting window because Sony makes hand over fist money launching like their first party games. Like, people, those are the like, people buy those. Like, I feel like Xbox gamers can often survive off of one or two Call of Duties and Madden and just kind of coast for a few years. But like yeah. de- diehard PlayStation fans, like they'll buy every first party title. So okay, I think that I, you know, you are asking the wrong guy because I like barely buy video games. But yeah, yeah that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I can see where you're coming from. But I do hope that you know I, I'm excited about this. I think that you know they need to have a way to have like an, an up like a catalog of games. Like PlayStation Plus was a cool model back in 2013, but for three to four random games a month that are never some. It's very rare that all three of them like hit for me. Usually, it's like one of them is like, ah, well, I'll probably play that, but I won't play these or like giving consumers the ability to go and choose like to go discover games like you're discovering music on Spotify or whatever, I think is a cool opportunity to get games that not everyone played in the hands of more people and people like you too, that doesn't buy games. I think you would play, I think you would play more video games if you had a Netflix catalog of free games. Easily, I would easily play 50% more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the PlayStation news there. Um, and there's really not much else to discuss. Uh, there, there was an article about Bioshock. Did you read? Did you read this? I looked at this. Yeah, you want to talk about this for a little bit? And we can close on this. I do want to close on this. Yeah. So yeah. Um, apparently, there was some leaked conversations with uh, 
it sounds like it was developers. I, I really don't mm-hmm. know exactly who was leaking this information or if it was like someone familiar with the inside of the project. But 2K Games is working on the next Bioshock project. It's not, Ken Levine is not involved with the project. Uh, Irrational dissolved after the release of Infinite back in like 2015 or 14 or whatever. And But uh, there's a studio called Cloud Chamber that's owned by 2K. So like, uh 2k is the publisher for like rockstar games and stuff like that and all the MB, like nba mlb 2k all that all that jazz but apparently cloud chambers take on bioshock will unfold in a fictional antarctic city sometime in the 1960s which Eurogamer also understands to be true from its own sources so we've got two corroborating sources here saying the same thing about antarctic city 1960s um it would make the events concurrent with those of Bioshock 1 and 2, which dealt with the downfall of Andrew Ryan's underwater dystopia of Rapture. Um, there's mm, rumors that the game could Rapture. be called Bioshock. Uh, well, shit, where did I see this? Borealis. Well, so that's the name of the city. The rumor is that the city is going to be called Borealis. Um, that's pretty tight. That's a cool name. Uh, but then there's leaked... Let me find this here. Blah, 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 blah. Thanks for filling time with the song. Oh, 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 oh. Cryoshock. Cryoshock. That's pretty that, cool. That's just a Reddit user. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were coming up with a name for the for the Bioshock. Nah, dude, I'm not that I'm not that original. Uh fuck, dude. Why can't I find it? Uh, this is terrible. Biosh- radio. Bioshock. So oh, there it is. Uh, apparently this was leaked. I don't know if you can see this, but uh, Zach is sharing his his screen with me. Bioshock Isolation was oh. the rumored leak title. So interesting. And a lighthouse, huh? There's always a lighthouse in the Antarctic. In the Antarctic. Um, yeah, I am uh, over the moon about this. Bioshock is like my favorite video game series. Um, Bioshock 1 and Infinite are two of my favorite games of all time top 10 easy so what do you think about this there was rumor there were also rumors that it was supposed to be in space too like I would rather it be if it's in the 60s I mean they could be in space but you're not getting very far in the 60s so um, like it could be on the moon that'd be kind of cool but I, I actually prefer this a lot. I think if you do it in the Antarctic, that could be, you could do stuff in like a tundra as well as like in the ocean with like whales and, and, and seals and polar bears and stuff like that. Like yeah. Lots of cool things you can do there. Um, this timeline also intrigues me more because this could be like a spinoff project of Andrew Ryan, um, which would be really fun to get him back in the fold. Yeah, I dig it. I, um, I also enjoy the Bioshock games. I still need to play Infinite. Yes, you do. But I love Bioshock 2. That's my favorite of the two that I've played. Uh, We've talked about this many times. It's an unpopular opinion, but I I, I love playing as the big daddy. Yeah, Yeah, you got to get around to Infinite because there's some stuff in Infinite that I would love to talk to you about that would correlate to a possible another city. Like... Mm -hmm. Because Colombia, this isn't spoiling really anything, but the idea with Colombia is that they were a state that seceded from the Union, basically. Right. 
um and like rapture inside. is rapture is just like fuck you i'm gonna make my own city and then yeah, it's, it's underwater like elon musk yeah yeah so it's cool. I, I w- I'm very interested in what like a f- like a cold climate, like a frozen tundra, like you said, or like ice, like underwater ice stuff, and you know the North Pole, whatever, or not the North Pole, Antarctica, and all that shit. Santa Claus, fucking, like, I see a lot of opportunity for some really cool winter creepy shit. Oh yeah, like imagine like uh, you're in like a blizzard and you can't because it's all first person, obviously, and you're just like wandering in a blizzard and you're getting hunted by like some type of like yeah. mechanical saber-toothed tiger or something like big that. Big grizzly. Really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of the big daddies, it's a big grizzly. Big polar bears. Yeah. Big bear. Okay. That's it. That's, That's a, a show. That's a podcast. Probably be coming to you guys again um, around the release of Spider-Man No Way Home. Yes. So Even at the very worst. Around that. Even if it's not like a full fucking show, we will definitely do at least a half an hour of review analysts hype when we get out of the movie, but then we can always reconvene um, with more in-depth thoughts as we, cause I'm definitely going to try and see the movie at least twice. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, we, that's the next thing is Spider-Man. I'm very excited. We're only a couple weeks away. Uh, and then after that, we can start looking at doing our year recap show like we always yeah. do. In terms of Spider-Man, definitely, if you don't want to know anything more, I would suggest staying away from some of those TV spots. Yeah, I haven't watched it. I saw something last night that didn't ruin it for me by any any stretch of the imagination, but it did debunk one of our theories about one part of the trailer that we had that just, like, it actually kind of relieved me a little bit, to be honest with you. Interesting. Can you tell me, can you kind of, like, dance around it? It's around the the second goblin looking figure that we see. In the oh trailer. yeah. Okay. So they released another poster with that zoomed in and that is Willem Dafoe. Yeah. He's just yeah. not wearing the power ranger suit. Yeah. I was like, thank God it's not Dane DeHaan. He's just wearing a hood, but it's yeah. not our boy Franco. Mom, give it time. <laughs> I think it's interesting. <laughs> no that Willem prize Dafoe wanted to come back with more FaceTime. He could have very easily done the Pedro Pascal thing where someone's just totally. in the Power Ranger suit the whole time and he just does VO. Yeah, I, and I thought that Do you think there's really going to be was... one part of the movie, though, where the eyelids go up? <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I, I Have you seen the new posters that they released with, the, with like, Goblin and Doc Ock? No. I'm going to show you this real fast. Yeah, we're going to get out of here. We're just going to keep talking about Spider-Man forever. Right now. Can't stop. Can't stop the Spidey. So much. So much Spidey. It's a really cool poster. Like, um, they did them for all of the major villains. Um, fill time with a song. Da, 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 da. I found it. <laughs> <laughs> Open image and new tab. There it is. Okay. Show me. I would like to see the goblin. Show me the goblin. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that cool? That's really cool. Ah, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, they did the same one for all the baddies. So there's that one. Mm-hmm. There's Electro, which oh, is geez. which yeah. is interesting there. It looked like a Stark reactor on his chest. 
Oh, you're right. Okay, well, spoilers, I guess. <laughs> Poster spoilers. So I mean, do you think what's going to happen then is all the villains break into the Avengers Tower and steal some tech? That would be interesting. I, well, I wonder if they come from their universes with different tech, which this also um, plays to our theory that Tony Stark is in the movie. Because, like, oh, but yeah. if all the, these villains are all coming from universes where they haven't died yet, but to, but Toby, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but the. Uh, Tony, but Tony Stark is still alive. I yeah. think that could be interesting. I think I told Julia our theory about um, Robert Downey Jr. playing Uncle Ben from a different dimension. And she's like, why did you tell me that? Because now I'm going to expect that. Yeah. And I'm going to be disappointed <laughs> when it's not the case. <laughs> Come on, Marvel, let us write these. And then the last one is the Doc Ock one where he kind of looks like a grandpa. <laughs> yeah, the Green Goblin one's the best one. It is. This one is kind of lame. You know what's interesting though, Zach, is you're showing me this and these look like different Spider-Men. That looks like a Tobey Maguire suit right there. And this one doesn't look like the Tobey. I think these all look that like That looks like Andrew Garfield. No. I'm just I'm just I'm just trying to play into the tinfoil hat stuff. <laughs> this poster there. though, come on. Like yeah. I might get this I might buy this and frame it. Ah! <laughs> that should be the thumbnail for the, this week's podcast is just that. yeah just that zoomed in yeah <laughs> a lot of focus and shit all right so good thank you all for joining us this week on radio van it's been a good one john um or clint barton as your uh zoom handle indicates call me hawk i'll call you hawk guy hawk guy hawk guy all right uh, Radiovania at Radiovania on Twitter, radiovania.com. You can watch all of our old episodes, listen to them, download them, support us there on the show if you want to. Uh, you can go to youtube.com slash Radiovania and watch all of our old videos. I'm at Zach Ritello. He's at Najathan Parker. Figure out how to spell that yourself. Um, yeah, this is it. Spider Man, two weeks. We'll see you there. See you there. Um, mm, give me a, a. Give me a. Line from. Oh shit! Give me an Indiana Jones four quote. <laughs> Indiana <laughs> Jones four specifically. Oh Jesus! Why would you do this to me? I don't know. That's the first movie that came into my head. That's not fair. Why don't we do? Um, Jonesy, oh, Jonesy. I hated that he called him Jonesy the whole time. There you yeah, go. There's your line. Fair. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for making me end on a sour <laughs> note. All right, give me a good Indiana Jones quote. Give me an Indiana Jones like Temple of Doom quote. We walk from here. <laughs>